0: I invite you all to stand at this time as we reverence the reading of God's Word. We're going to be looking, uh, continuing on in our series on Moses, the man of God. And today, looking at a message I call a moment of decision. A moment of decision. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. Now, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So we looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? And then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptians? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. May God bless the reading of his word today. As my prayer, you may be seated. A moment, a moment of decision. As we look through this extraordinary story, we're going to be considering that first person in Scripture to carry the title man of God. Others were called a man of God after him but this was the first and today we're looking at this momentous decision that Moses made. Remind you of the story of Moses' birth how he was drawn out of the water and given Mo, uh, the name of Moses which means out of the water. Uh, he was given to Pharaoh's daughter raised by her After his mother nursed him for a while, verse 10 of Exodus chapter 2, the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. So she called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. We saw Moses then as an infant uh, lying in an ark, helpless and crying, floating in the Nile River. Uh, Then this passage in verse 10 uh, brings him to us as a child. Uh, We're not not told how old he was. Uh, The Hebrew word could mean anything from a child to a boy or even a youth. Many commentaries have suggested that Moses would have been between 7 and 10 years old. Others say that he was at best between 3 and 5 years old. But the scriptures simply don't say for certain. And so all of that is simply conjecture. Acts chapter 7 records a sermon that Stephen preached when he was called before the high court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin. And he said this about Moses in Acts chapter 7 and verse 20. At the time Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. That's the testimony of Stephen. We add in this passage then from the writer of the book of Hebrews. And the famous passage we call the roll call of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11 And Moses, of course, made the list. By faith, Moses, verse 23, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Now, we're going to consider all of these passages this morning because all of them are telling us portions of the story about this moment of decision, this time when Moses made a choice. In fact, the writer of the book of Hebrews draws that particular, draws attention, uh, attention, particular attention to that. That Moses made a choice. Choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. Moses made a choice, a decision. We're not unfamiliar with such moments. There's a historical re- reference I thought of, very famous. Uh, when in 49 BC, the Roman general Julius led his army across the Rubicon River in violation of the order, standing order of the Senate, Senate, the laws of the land, knowing that when he led his army across the Rubicon, strictly forbidden by Roman law, no general was to bring a standing army into Roman territory, and it was said that when he crossed uh, the Rubicon River, he said, the die is cast. The die is cast. Now, he didn't say it in English, of course. He said it in Latin, but uh, he said, Brother Rich, why didn't you say it in Latin? I don't speak Latin. Neither do y'all. The die is cast. We're familiar with that expression. We use it means a decision's been made a choice has been made and whatever's going to happen is going to play out can't be turned back i think of the work of the american poet robert frost i loved his poem mending fences but have long admired his work the road not taken in this insightful poem there's a verse that says two roads diverged in a wood and i i i took the road less traveled by And that has made all the difference. We may can look back at a relationship choice. A breakup, maybe. A business. An educational decision. We may be able to look back and see what an important choice that was. Maybe something that stands out in our mind. Other times, we may just look back at the cumulative series of events Knowing that to change any one of these things, no matter what it was, no matter how joyful it was or how painful it was, to change any part of that would be to change the whole thing. Our life today is a product of the choices that we've made for good or for bad. This is what we would call in Moses' experience a, a fateful decision perhaps. But as a believer in Christ, I don't, I don't believe much in fate. I believe in faith. There's a big difference. May, Moses made a decision of faith. Interestingly, even though this is an autobiographical story, Moses really didn't tell us that much about how he came to be a believer or how he came to make this decision of faith. tells us that he did it. Like Abraham before him, Moses, who also, by the way, wrote the book of Genesis, said he didn't tell us a lot about how Abraham came to be a believer. Um, We know that God appeared to him, that God told him to get out of Ur and go to a land that he would show him. We, We know what he did. We know that the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That great truth of of justification by faith that's brought up again in Romans chapter 4. I'd love to be able to have the time to preach all that to you today. I just don't. I'll just tell you, like Abraham before him, the Bible gives us almost no information about how this all happened. Um, The only thing that we have is what's before us. I had hoped to be able to follow a narrative in this message where Moses was with his Hebrew mother until he was an adolescent. I, I liked that story. I, I looked real hard to find it in Scripture. I just couldn't find it there. There are plenty of secular references to it. A lot of preachers and writers write it that way and preachers preach it that way. But I just I couldn't find it in Scripture. The Bible just doesn't say it. It would have been a good story, though. Uh, about how that, uh, you know, his mother maybe was around for a while and was able to stay with him and, and maybe even his dad. Some uh, uh, Jewish historians suggest that his dad even got to stay around for a while. So Amram and Jacobed were there with him in those pivotal early childhood years and in the adolescent years and, and in spite of the fact then that Moses went to all the best universities in Egypt. It had 30 years, uh, at least. Uh, that early childhood education, the foundation that it brought to him, held firm. And I really wanted to tell that story. I guess I kind of did. But I have to tell you, <laughs> uh, there's, it's not based in the facts of Scripture. It's just based in speculation. Because we wonder how it is that Moses could have known so much. All of the record of the book of Genesis, everything that you see there, how could he know so much? How could he make such an important decision of faith if all he knew was his name? Every time his mom and dad called him Moses, or every time his mom did, every time anybody called him Moses... He was reminded of the fact that his mother drew him out of the water. So he had to know that story. We'll find out that that he knew. We we know he knew Aaron. uh, Because God is going to bring Aaron up to him uh, about around this very time. And tell him that Aaron was going to join him. And in fact, we'll see in a few weeks that Aaron did in fact join him at the Mount of God. At Mount Sinai. We know that he went there. And that was before he appeared to Pharaoh. Before all those things played out. And, and how they met and, and, and met joyfully. So we know he, he knew who his brother was. We know he knew who his sister was. Who his mother was. Who his dad was. He, he knew his name. He knew that story. How did he learn all the rest of it? I'm perfectly comfortable saying God taught him. <laughs> After all, Moses and God had a lot of good conversations, amen? I mean, they had a lot of FaceTime. God talked to Moses, remember, we saw a couple of weeks ago. And I I know, you know I'm kidding a little bit when I say they had FaceTime. You know, God told him, no man can see my face and live. And yet, Moses got closer to God than anybody since Adam. Moses. So here he was. We can see that God was with Moses. God was working through Moses. Moses followed God by faith. Like Abraham did. Like Isaac did. Like Jacob did. Like Joseph did. Like his parents did. Moses followed God by faith. And so this morning, we're going to spend some time considering this faith decision and what the Bible tells us about it as we combine what we're told in Exodus with these other two passages and just take a kind of quick look at what we're told about what Moses refused by faith and what Moses received by faith. Very simple outline, what Moses refused by faith and what Moses received by faith. Of course, we begin with what he refused. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 7 When he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Hebrews 11, 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I read those passages to you again. To help you to remember. So that we might notice again all the things that the Bible says Moses refused by faith. Involved in this faith decision was what Moses refused. He refused first of all what I'll call the measures of the Egyptians. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, all of us have some measure that we use of success, how we determine what is right or what's wrong, what's good or what's bad, uh, how we're doing in life, whether we're doing well or not so well, whether we're successful or not successful. We'll use something to measure what is good, what is great, what is preferable, and what is to be avoided, what we'll give our lives to, what we want, what we'd give our lives for, what we want. There is a measure that we all use. The world has their measure, of course. God has a different standard of success. Amen? And wrapped up in that simple phrase, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This draws attention to how... That all of those things that the Egyptians would have thought and perhaps even we would look at and say were just glorious things, powerful things, prestigious things. And yet Moses rejected them all. Now we know that because of what Stephen says in Acts chapter 7 that Moses was a brilliant man, that he was educated in all the knowledge of the Egyptians. He was brilliant. He had to have been. Uh, He learned both Egyptian hieroglyphics and Hebrew. Those are two really tough things to learn. I've never tried Egyptian hieroglyphics. Just looks like scratchings to me. Moses learned them. How did he learn Hebrew? I don't know. I don't know, but he did. I've always wondered if maybe Moses wasn't left-handed. Because Hebrew was written from right to left. Doesn't that sound like a perfect language? Yeah, for a lefty. Yeah. So that's more speculation. I just wonder. How did he learn Hebrew? He was incredibly intelligent. Multilingual, no doubt. Moses was learned in all Of the wisdom of the Egyptians. And we're still trying to figure out all the things that those people knew. But education isn't enough. You see this world is full of people. Even still today. Who are highly educated fools. And it could have been that way in Moses day as well. Moses could have been just one of another. And I'm not the one who said that. God is the one who said that. Psalm 53 and 1. The fool hath said in his heart there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Proverbs 9 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Moses knew then. He knew all the power and prestige and personal fame that came to him through Pharaoh's daughter. He knew all of the education that he had received. Uh, Stephen simply tells us that he was a mighty man and did uh, mighty things. That the knowledge of Egypt did not turn him away from God. Do you see that? All of his education did not turn him away from God. All of the things that were available to him that he could not have. He did not choose those things. He rejected them. He did not take those then and use them to travel a course that would have led him into Egyptian paganism. Though he well could have. He turned in the way of faith. Notice that the Bible never condemned Moses' actions. And defending those Hebrew brethren by killing an Egyptian. The Bible doesn't condemn him for that. Instead, we have this in Acts chapter 7 and verse 25. For he, Moses, supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. Moses was 40 years old, Stephen tells us, when this incident happened. 40 years old in the prime of life. And he made a deliberate choice. And that choice was then to set about the task that he knew that God had given him. It's right here in the passage. That he supposed, Acts chapter 7 verse 25 says, he supposed that his brethren would understood that he was their deliverer. And he was starting out on the deliverance business and obviously intended to start and lead them in a slave revolt. It could have worked. There were a whole bunch of Hebrews, and in fact, we've already been told that the Pharaohs were concerned because their numbers were even outnumbering the Egyptians. The number, at least the ones he could count on. And so, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Although history runs red with the blood of slave rebellions that didn't work think about Spartacus and his efforts to lead a rebellion in Rome yes they enjoyed a measure of success but ultimately they were overthrown and destroyed and it's happened again and again and again so Moses apparently uh, knew from what we can see in the passage he understood that God was going to deliver them by his hand and he was ready to get down to business And he started by killing this Egyptian. A whole lot of other Egyptians would die before this was done. Moses understood royalty. He understood slavery. But we see in this passage then that Moses understood that his life was under the hand of God. That God's hand was on him. He knew that. That God had a plan for him. He understood it. That though he could have stayed in the royal family of Pharaoh, let's all remind ourselves that we're still trying to figure out exactly who that Pharaoh was and what his name was. So if Moses would have stayed identified with the family of that Pharaoh, he might have died and ambiguity and been gone. But we know the name of Moses today. <laughs> And so, when he rejected the measures of Egypt, the measures that they would use to to define success, and he made that faith decision then to follow what he knew God wanted him to do. I'd have to say, it turned out pretty well. It always does. It always does. And I'll just pause for a moment and say... Wouldn't it be greater to say of our life that we pleased God than it would that we achieved worldly success or fame? He refused the measure of the Egyptians. The next thing the text tells us is that he refused the pleasures of the Egyptians. Verse 25 of Hebrews 11 Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. We won't dwell long here this morning other than to say that as a member of the royal family, Moses could have spent his life in sinful indulgences, the passing pleasures of sin. We mentioned Joseph last week and talked about how that God used Joseph to to deliver his people from that Famine and the terrible famine that ensued. And what an example Joseph was of maintaining his integrity and his purity against all the temptations that came to him as a successful uh, member of the family of Egypt. Such a high-profile person, even when he was in Potiphar's household and how Potiphar's wife uh, tried to force him, Joseph refused. I can't sin against God. This passage, Hebrews chapter 11, tells us that Moses made that same decision like his ancestor Joseph had done. Moses turned away from the pleasures of Egypt, though he could have had them. Many a life has been ruined ruined by making the other choice. Only God knows how many. A hit of meth, a puff of weed, Some other drug for a moment of high. A drink of alcohol for a moment of comfort or relaxation. A moment of sexual pleasure passing so fleetingly but years of regret. Sometimes a life permanently changed. Maybe an addiction to be lived with or most often to be died with. Many, many people make that other choice. But Moses made a faith decision. All of us have to make those same decisions. You're not going to outgrow them. There's few days that don't bring up opportunity for us in one way or another, maybe in ways we recognize, maybe in ways that we don't, where we make a faith choice. To turn away from the pleasures of sin that are but for a moment. So that we might please God. What a choice Moses made. He refused the measure of the Egyptians. He refused the pleasures of the Egyptians. And you know the next one. He refused the treasures of the Egyptians. Right there in the passage. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. You know we still marvel at the treasures of Egypt. Uh, you can't look at one of the displays of things and, and not marvel at all of the incredible wealth that they buried in the sand with their dead. Gold, incredible amounts. Craftsmanship, incredible amounts. We consider then by this all the opulence that Moses looked at, the incredible wealth. But as his faith made him reject the measure and the pleasure of Egypt, so his faith led him to reject the treasures of Egypt. Uh, Moses knew what he had in his hand. But he chose, the Bible says, to endure the reproach of Christ. And he considered them then to be of greater riches than the wealth of Egypt. Egypt. Let's just think about that for a moment the reproach of Christ is when we are put down laughed at, mocked, ridiculed or in some other way persecuted because we are a believer in Jesus Christ and I don't know how you react to when somebody's putting you down or somebody's making fun of you but I have a tendency to poke my lip out a little bit, y'all ever do that? Get the poor, poor, pitiful riches going, oh, I can get a good case of those going, oh. But you know, Moses knew that even the reproach of Jesus Christ is greater than all the wealth of Egypt. Even when we have to suffer, we've still got Jesus No wonder Simon Peter said that the trying of your faith being of much more precious than of gold that perishes. Wow. He refused the treasures of Egypt. Jesus said it best, of course. No man can serve two masters. We'll either use money to serve God or we'll try to use God to serve money. There are plenty of examples of both sides of that in today's world. But Moses refused. He refused the measure of Egypt, the pleasure of Egypt, the treasure of the Egyptians. There's one more. Uh, Moses refused the pressure of the Egyptians. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Exodus 2.15, Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. These two passages may seem contradictory, but they're not. Moses went to a place where Pharaoh could no longer be seen. But when he left Pharaoh behind, he continued to look, the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us, on the face of the one who is not seen see we don't see God with the eyes of our heads we see God with the eyes of our hearts it's not our physical but our spiritual eyes and of course those eyes are the eyes of faith Uh, Moses went out in faith he left Egypt behind him he knew who Pharaoh was he knew what Pharaoh could do and he went out following God by faith and We talk sometimes about being guided by that unseen hand. Listen, every step he took, God was guiding him. And we'll see that as we go along in the text. Can't preach all that to you this morning. That'll come later. But Moses wasn't intimidated by Pharaoh. He was motivated by faith. So we see what Moses refused. Now quickly, just a moment, what Moses received. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses would suffer reproach, and and he would endure affliction. And if you choose faith, and if I choose faith, you may very well and probably will endure some affliction and reproach as well. After all, the Bible tells us that all of those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The closer to Jesus that we live, the more persecution we're going to encounter. But there's a reward that Moses received, and that was a reward According to the text of seeing God at work in his life, he endured a seeing the one who is invisible. He could see God's hand at work all the way through. It's a reward of seeing then God's work in your life. It's a reward of seeing God bless your efforts in his service. It's that reward of seeing uh, some child, maybe somebody else's child, maybe your own, Coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior. The reward of seeing lives that are eternally changed. Of people who had their lives restored out of the bondage that sin had placed them in. We see how that God used Moses. That's the reward. Uh, God used him. It's a reward then that comes from knowing there's more to life than earning wealth. Than just putting it in a bag that has holes in the bottom. There's more to it than this. When you serve God. So Moses made a faith decision, and the text emphasizes then all the things that Moses refused, and then the things that he received. And the things that he received, though they included affliction and trials and difficulty, praise God, they also included the reward. It always does. Moses then stands as an example, like Abraham before him, of somebody who didn't know much about God, but he believed what God revealed to him. That's all he had to go by. You don't have to have, you see, this morning a seminary degree. You don't have to know everything about the Bible to make faith decisions. You just have to know God and trust Him and rely on Him and His leadership. The writer of Hebrews who gave us so much about Moses' story also told us that without faith it is impossible to please God. He also told us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He reminds us that by faith the elders obtained a good report. And though they didn't have all the facts that they wanted, they had what they needed. Faith. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Moses made a faith decision. He immediately started out on a plan (laughs) that failed miserably. So let's just remind ourselves this morning that walking by faith and living by faith doesn't mean necessarily that everything is just going to be hunky-dory. That's a good South Arkansas word. If you're not familiar with it, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that everything is going to work out fine. You can be walking by faith and decide, I'm going to devote myself to God and you might experience some catastrophic failure. But I can promise you that the time will come when, like Moses, you'll look back on that and say, Thank God that he closed that door. It would have took me a long time to deliver Egypt, killing one Egyptian at a time. God had another plan. God had another plan. And had Moses been able to lead that all with all the, what we would call conventional means, Who do you think would have got all the credit for that? But God works so that that plan didn't work. No, it's not the time. It's not the place. It's not the way. But according to what the writer of the book of Hebrews says and what Stephen told us so long ago in Acts chapter 7, Moses kept right on believing God. When you approach that story of Moses in that way, then some of these stories that we've looked at over the years kind of begin to take on a different shape to us. Moses, a brilliant man, an educated man, a man with a plan that failed. Next week, we get to pick up the narrative Another 40 years is going to pass between now and next Sunday. I hope y'all will come back to see it. But this morning, I hope we can all spend a little bit of time just thinking about how valuable it is to make a faith decision. Some of you young people right now are considering Important decisions, they're going to have a big impact on your life. Where you're going to go to school, what you're going to major in. You're making decisions all the time about what you'll do and not do. The pleasures of sin are ever before you, just like they were ever before Moses so long ago. You're making choices. But there's really just one choice to make. Because you see, the Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so we make that one choice. I'm going to follow God by faith. And then everything else falls in behind that one. I'm following God by faith. Have you made that decision, that choice today? I don't know what it means for you. For some of you, it may mean that you need to believe in God in the most important way of all. To receive Him as your Savior. For some of you, it may... Relate to being baptized, having a church home, being where God would have you to be. For others, it might be a a life of service, other things. Maybe we'd have to say, "I've, I've been choosing a lot of the wrong things. And today, I need to make that choice of faith, to walk by faith, not by sight. Let's stand together, please.